Welcome back to Nightfalls, the bedtime show of classic and original stories designed to guide you into a calm and peaceful sleep. I'm Jeffrey Newland, and tonight we're heading back to the falls to join Lyra and Devani in celebrating a very special festival, Diwali, the Festival of Lights. It may be no surprise that it's the magic of the fall's favorite holiday, with light being right at its heart. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who keep this free content possible. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. Even with winter whistling through it, Nightfalls was surprisingly bright that day. The morning was a crisp one, the skies were clear, and the frost was thick. As day broke and the sun melted that frost, I felt the magic of the falls waking up with me. Devani and I lounged lazily on the beach until it seemed safe to assume that the grass would be soft and perhaps even a little warm underfoot. I could sense the magic stirring, picking itself up with the browning autumn leaves, dusting itself off and drifting skyward. 
The usual heaviness no longer hung in the air between the trees. The water fell more gently over the falls, and though it tended to at that time of year when the snow had stopped melting and begun to fall heavier on the mountaintops, the magic's sudden absence struck me as suspicious that morning. The three of us were up earlier than usual, perhaps having sensed the shift in the air. As I prepared breakfast for Lyra, Devani and myself, I felt sure the magic was biding its time. Waiting until we had forgotten about its absence to announce itself once more. The magic was quiet until we had finished wiping the plates and clearing them away. Then, when it felt sure it wouldn't have to compete with French toast and fresh preserves for our attention, the familiar rumble of its arrival carried across the clearing. The sound of time and logic tearing apart echoed in my ears, rolling across my senses again and again, as though logic were doubling back on itself, searching for discrepancy, the hole through which the primordial power had crawled. The magic scarcely made itself known in such a way, but when it did, it was just as impossible to look away as it was to look directly at the magnetizing power that flared in the sky above us. When its display began to dim, and I was finally able to watch it at work. Hundreds of bright silks drifted out of the sky and swooped like canaries into the clearing, twisting and turning as if with a life of their own, until they had created the shape I recognized the ancient power of nightfalls by. I was curious to see it swathed in fine new silks. The usual tattered linens that shrouded its frame seemed a far cry from the bright patterns and crisp stitching that draped themselves across its form that morning. The final silks wrapped around its waist, all of them bright and beautiful, as the magic announced itself by crying out, Happy Diwali. Happy Diwali, Devani called back to it, coming to her feet to wrap her arms around the magic. I was surprised her arms didn't pass straight through the silks. Despite how much time had passed, my mind was still unwilling to accept that the magic of the falls could be capable of truly materialising. To me, it had always seemed as though its occasional physical manifestation in the clearing couldn't have been more than an artful illusion or a trick of the low light that filtered through the trees. The feat seemed too great to me, the power required to pull it off too astronomical to even consider. Nevertheless, there stood Devani, the 
bravest person I had ever known, with her arms wrapped around a power that bent time on a whim and tore up the laws of physics on dull days simply to keep itself amused. Happy Diwali, I joined in, congratulating everyone and made a note to keep a closer eye on the calendar in the future. Lyra hadn't seemed at all surprised by the magic's appearance in Nightfalls that morning. I had initially attributed that to the years she had spent coexisting with it in the bowl of the mountains, playing along with its games and putting up with its tricks. It wasn't until I took a closer look at Lyra that I realized that she was wearing all new clothes too. Her new clothes would have taken her quite some time to sew and stitch. Hours, perhaps even days of work, had gone into the beautiful embroidery across the shoulders of her brand new fishing vest. It struck me then that Lyra had been expecting to celebrate Diwali that day, perhaps because she and the magic had done so every year for decades. It's the magic's favorite holiday, Lyra explained, as she pulled an extra chair up to the campfire and motioned for the silk-swathed power to take a pew. It is indeed, the magic preened, a thousand voices wrapping around each word that washed out into the clearing on its breath. I can think of nothing better to celebrate than light, and light itself, whatever version of the story of Diwali you subscribe to, the magic admonished. The warmth of the campfire's eternally burning flames ebbed into my fingertips, my toes, and the end of my nose as my friends and I sat by listening to the magic's recount of the story, or rather stories that related to Diwali, the festival of lights. That morning, the magic told tales that had weathered the passing of time with a feverance I had come to love. It didn't matter that we had heard many of them before, there wasn't much I wouldn't trade to sit beside the campfire and listen to it tell tales, as if it were the very page upon which they were first penned. Diwali and, in many corners of the world, the story of Ramayana is celebrated over five days. The story of Ramayana is an old one, and not the only one to be celebrated during the Diwali festivities. The ancient Sanskrit epic tells of Prince Rama's 14-year exile and his return to his home in Ayodhya. Prince Rama had lived his life by the Dharma, 
a religious and moral law that guided him toward honesty and generosity, among other virtues. Rama was the eldest of four sons and first in line to the throne after his father, the king, retired from ruling. Rama had always been the perfect son and later became a model husband to his beautiful, brave wife, Princess Sita. Rama was ready for the throne, but his stepmother had other ideas. Rama's stepmother, Kaikeyi, wanted to see her own son, Rama's younger brother, Bharata, become king. Kaikei had been promised two boons, two wishes or blessings, for saving the king's life during a battle earlier in their marriage. Kaikei had wished for nothing at the time, and so saved up her wishes, waiting for a day when she would need them. When Rama was to be named king instead of her own son, Kaikei made her demands. Rama was to be exiled. Bharata was to become king. The king had no choice but to grant his wife's wishes, and Rama saw no choice other than to obey the word of his father. Ever supportive of her husband, Princess Sita insisted on joining him in his exile. Rama's devoted younger brother Lakshmana also went with them. Together, the three made their way through the forest, overcoming many hardships on their travels. When Bharata heard of what his mother had bartered for, he sought out Rama in the forest. Bharata believed that the eldest son must be the one to rule and pleaded with his older brother to return to Ayodhya and claim the throne. Rama thought it wrong to go against his father's orders, even knowing the king's hands had been tied by the boons he had promised his wife Kaikeyi long ago. Bharata had integrity in buckets. He took Rama's sandals with him as he left the forest that day, insisting that he would set the shoes upon the throne as a symbol of Rama's authority. I will rule only as regent until your exile ends, and shall return the kingdom to you happily upon your return, he said before he bid Sita, Rama, and his other brother goodbye. In their exile, Sita was taken away by the powerful demon king Ravana. It's said that Ravana had ten heads and twenty arms. His eyes were ringed with red, and he was the very personification of badness. The demon king took Sita to the island of Lanka, the divine bird. Jatayu did its best to rescue the princess, but mercilessly 
Ravana clipped its wings and took Sita across the sea to his kingdom. Rama, intent on rescuing his wife, secured the help and support of the king of Vanaras, and together they created a bridge of stones stretching over the sea to Lanka. The stones, blessed with buoyancy, did not sink, did not sink when stepped upon and allowed Rama to reach the island. In the battle between right and wrong, good and evil, Rama defeated Ravana and was reunited with his love, Sita. He took her back to the safety of Ayodhya. To welcome them home, the people of the kingdom lit oil lamps, setting them on their doorstep to light their path home after such a long time in exile. The ritual of lighting oil lamps has survived even to this day. The world over, people light oil lamps in celebration of Diwali. The magic finished. Looking rather pleased with its rendition of a story, I imagined it had first read in Sanskrit centuries ago. There are many ways people honor the festival of light. Some people rise with the sun. Some bathe in rich oil. Some celebrate with feasts and fireworks, wearing their finest new clothes. The magic smiled, motioning to Lyra with one of its silk-swathed arms. In an uncharacteristic flare of dramatics, Lyra offered up a set of jazz hands and did a reluctant twirl in her new hand-stitched jacket before taking a seat by the fire once more. You look fantastic, Lyra, Devani assured her smiling ear to ear as the magic went on. Perhaps the story behind Diwali differs from region to region, as no doubt most of the world's oldest tales do, but there is one element of the festival that it seems all are able to celebrate, the importance of light in the darkness. Diwali reminds me, year after year, just how vital it is to fill life with the things that light it up. It reminds me that good will always triumph over evil. There is scarcely a day where people throw open their doors as widely to one another, or where they welcome their neighbors with such open arms. There is nothing more beautiful to me than the way people come together during the festival of light to defy the dark of night. The magic finished, and suddenly the light ebbing off of the campfire that sat before us seemed all the more stunning. We have to celebrate, I insisted. Lyra, do you have any jasmine? Devani asked. That I do. There's more than we need to make flower garlands in the grove just beyond the ravine. 
and so the festivities began. My friends and I wandered away from nightfalls through the rocky ravine with Otto splashing ahead of us. It wasn't long before we reached the promised patch of jasmine growing just a little down the mountainside. I wondered if the jasmine was one of Nightfall's own offerings, or if Lyra had a hand in the fresh buds that bloomed between long blades of grass for hundreds of meters ahead of us. Doubtless, we would have been able to find the plant even if our dear friend had not offered to lead the way, for the buds smelled strong, sweet, and fresh all at once. Together, we cut the freshest, most fragrant buds from their stems. My dog Otto made it his business to sniff out the strongest-smelling plants and lead us to them with his tail wagging to and fro behind him, swatting the long blades of grass out of the way for us as we followed him, and he, as always, followed his sniffer. When Lyra's wicker basket was full of fresh jasmine blossoms and buds, the magic of nightfalls fished around in the layers of heavy silk that swathed its form. The magic dove into its various pockets, some we could see, and some buried by the abundance of fabric it had adorned itself with. Whatever the magic did, however it chose to show up in the world, there was always a richness about it, an opulence that spoke to its character. Even when we couldn't see it in the clearing, I could sense its flair for drama, for theatre, in the way it swept through the pine forest on quiet mornings. When it had finally located the correct pocket, the primordial power pulled out neatly coiled spools of bright red thread and handed them around, making sure there was one for each of us. The magic taught us how to bind the jasmine together to make a flower garland. We began by tying the stems of two buds together the flowers facing away from one another and looping the thread around them over and over to secure the buds. Next, the magic had us layer two more buds on top and two more on top of those. We rotated the new layers of jasmine buds a little each time until all stacked on top of one another. They appeared to form a bigger flower as the arrangement took shape in my hand, it began to look as though each unopened bud was a petal all of its own. My friends and I sat beside one another for hours, weaving the flowers into long, sweet-smelling garlands and taking turns to rub Otto's belly each and every time he grew affronted by the lack of attention he was receiving. 
By the time we were ready to wander back to the clearing, the smell of the jasmine clung to my skin and seemed to have tangled itself up in Devani's hair. Our arms were heavy with the garlands we had looped over them, careful not to crush the fresh flower petals as we made our way home. When we finally arrived back in the quiet of the clearing, my friends and I hung the sweet-smelling wreaths from the branches of the trees. Devani called the breeze across the clearing and had it hang the remaining jasmine garlands from the branches beyond our reach. I watched in awe as she commanded the element to lift the flowers from her hands and guided the breeze with nothing more than the curve of her wrist to hang the garlands gently from the tallest treetops. When it seemed that all of the trees crowding around the edge of the clearing were strewn with the stunning white jasmine garlands, the faintest flick of Devani's fingertips was enough to have the winter breeze and indeed the air itself retreating. Our morning task complete and the clearing smelling sweet, we gathered once more beside the campfire. When she felt we had sat idly soaking in its warmth for long enough, Lyra pulled vials of turmeric, ground rose powder, red vermilion powder and some of the soft sands from the beach out of the pocket of her fishing vest and did what she did best, delegated. Lyra knew exactly what kind of rangoli art she wanted to create in the clearing. Beautiful rangoli often adorns doorsteps during Diwali as a symbol of welcome but living out in the mountains, my friends and I hadn't a single door, let alone a doorstep to our name, so we had to get a little creative. Lyra wanted to mark out a bright, beautiful lotus flower as a symbol of prosperity and an offering to the goddess Lakshmi. Lotus flowers blossom in muddy waters and yet their petals remain untouched by the dart. The flower serves as a reminder of Lakshmi's power to bring prosperity even in the most difficult of circumstances. Lyra thought it best if we made Nightfall's lake the heart of the lotus flower and drew the petals around it. The lake was, after all, the closest thing we had to adore of any sort out in the mountains. Even after years of sleeping on the lake's sandy banks, I still found it hard to accept that the waterway opened out on the underwater world Anwen made her home in. Each time Anwen invited Devani, Lyra and I beneath the surface of the lake, I had to remind myself of the metropolis that awaited me there, if I could just be brave enough to swim through the reeds that hid it from sight.
we let the petals splay wide across the clearing. I felt sure that the colourful rangoli powder we used to dry out the lotus would leave quite the impression on any visitors we had to the falls. Soon enough, Anwin, Rhea and Arthur surfaced in the lake, wading ashore and casting a quick enchantment to dry off the new clothes they had chosen to wear, especially for the occasion. Anwin was good enough to act impressed at our attempt at Rangoli art, and although there were many things Anwin was fantastic at, I learned that evening that acting was not one of them. I rather got the sense she had seen better, even if she assured me she was thrilled with our attempt at decorating her doorstep with the brightly coloured powder. Perhaps it wasn't perfect, but my friends and I were proud of our efforts nonetheless. And as the sun set that evening, our lotus flower welcomed the wildlife that dwelled around nightfalls into the clearing. Anwen handed me a platter of food that she and Arthur had prepared and made her way over to the magic. She wrapped her arms around it, welcoming it back to the physical world, before saying rather cryptically, Shall we? She walked shoulder to shoulder with the primordial power toward Nightfall's campfire. When they reached the flames, they linked hands and drew a breath that seemed to rush across the mountains. Then they began to recite an enchantment I doubted I would ever be able to commit to memory. The words they uttered that evening didn't even fit into the world I knew. The sounds they made seemed older than the ones that came from my mouth. The dark of night swept in suddenly and that was when I noticed that the flowers in nightfalls were beginning to light up. It was as if the smallest drop of starlight had been bound up in each bud. As the flowers began to glow, the clearing was lit up. All around us, the flowers glowed scarlet and amber, emerald and ocean blue. Together, we prepared a feast to end all feasts, my friends and I each offering a dish of our own and sharing it around the table. I harvested fresh vegetables from the allotment just before I sat down to eat my own dinner and set the spoils at a safe distance from the campfire so that our woodland friends could feast in the warmth along with us. I made my famous chickpea curry. Devani prepared deviled paneer. Lyra brought along her favourite dal, and Anwin brought fresh naan and chutneys for the table. It was a banquet unlike any other we had hosted in Nightfalls. 
the clearing was lit up, each individual flower glowing brightly enough to slow the deepening dark of the night. When we were finally full and young Rhea was beginning to look as though she might need to go to bed after all the excitement of the day, the magic of nightfall snuffed out the starlight and the glowing flowers. Darkness bloomed across the clearing, deepening with its every passing moment, until the magic of the falls lit up the night sky once more with a stunning fireworks display. My friends and I made our way down to the beach, stretching out beside one another as the fireworks fizzed in the distance above us. The smell of the fireworks remind me of many happy evenings I had spent watching sparks sear themselves into the night sky. But as my friends and I lay there relaxing on the beach and I took Devani's hand in mine, I realized that none of those memories were quite so happy as the one I was caught up in the making of. Happy Diwali. I whispered to Devani, turning my head to the side to catch the smile that lit up the night better than any of the fireworks could have. Happy Diwali, she hummed as the last of the fireworks fizzled out. The quiet of the clearing settled upon us once more, and my friends and I drifted off to sleep at last.